CanadianEvergreen.com is your trusted news source for all things green, offering up-to-date news and stories from Canada's booming cannabis industry. Content you can trust from Black Press Media. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. I'm Peter McCulley. Four-time Paralympian champion Michelle Stilwell was recently inducted into the Canadian Disability Hall of Fame. She's won seven Paralympic medals, 10 world championship titles, and holds a number of world records. Welcome to the podcast, Michelle. Thanks. Nice to be here. It's quite an honor to be inducted into the Canadian Disability Hall of Fame. Only 120 or so folks have been inducted over the past 30 years. Absolutely. 126 now with my induction alongside Chantal Benoit and former Prime Minister Stephen Harper. It was incredible to be placed in a hall of honour that has so many friends, people who I've gotten to know over my 30 years of living with a disability and to know that we've accomplished some incredible things and hopefully made some strides forward for people with disabilities. Friends like Rick Hansen, Rob Snook, Jeff Adams, Chantal Petaclair, lots of individuals who in their own right have been advocates for a variety of inclusion or employment. Now sit in the Senate, for example, with Chantal Petaclair, and it's a good circle to be in. The Canadian Disability Hall of Fame is run by the Canadian Foundation for Physically Disabled Persons. Could you tell us what the foundation does? The foundation actually came to be back in, I think, 1984, and it started out with Vim Kohar, who was a Rotarian. He wanted to build housing for the deafblind, and that's where the fundraising sort of started and began its advocacy and support for people with disabilities and really turned into this organization that highlights and champions things that people with disabilities are doing for inclusion and for society to increase awareness and celebrating those individuals. I ran across a picture on the internet while I was reading up on your background with Rick Mercer, who everyone knows, sitting on your lap while you pose with a gold medal. Yeah. What's the story on that? Rick has always been a great supporter of the Paralympics. And back in 2008, the Rick Mercer report, the show, came to Beijing while we were competing. And I had the opportunity to spend the day with him after I'd been done competing. And we did a a race in a wheelchair. I was in my track chair and he was in just an everyday chair. It's on the internet. You can find it if you look it up. Uh, It was a great episode. My face hurt so much that day from laughing with Rick. Competing in Paralympic Games has allowed you to travel quite extensively. As you said, you're in Beijing. You've been to Switzerland, France, China, Japan, Australia, Switzerland, New Zealand, throughout Canada and the U.S. Were you able to tack a few days on here and there for some of these trips so you could enjoy yourself? And if so, what was your favorite stop? We always try to find time to sightsee and see a little bit of something when we're there, but oftentimes it's the hotel, the track, and back to the hotel. But that being said, I did train in Australia for a number of years where we would spend three months at a time. Uh, I was very lucky that we homeschooled Kai and that my husband is a computer programmer who could work from anywhere. So we would uproot the family and during our winters, it's summertime in Australia and they're having their best weather. So it was a good time to go down to Australia. And so I would say that's my favorite place, but I've spent the most time there and it became a home away from home. And 
created those friendships that became family members. And I have lots of places that I, I love. Portugal was incredible. I love Japan. Germany's popular one, maybe because my heritage, I don't know. But yeah, so fortunate to be able to travel the world and see so many great things. You've had the opportunity to be on the podium for Canada many times, multiple times. Can you describe the feeling? No. <laughs> it's elation, of course. So much pride knowing that you're representing so many people in a country that you're happy to be a part of. I feel very fortunate to be born and raised in Canada and to hear the anthem play and stand on the podium was definitely a great source of pride, but also not just pride in the country, but pride in myself for setting a goal, putting the work in and achieving it. Do you have any highlights you'd like to talk about in your athletic career? Any high points, memorable moments, victories? Oh, goodness, there's so many. I think back to 2000, the Australia-Sydney Olympic and Paralympic Games, and that was my first ever experience at a Paralympic Games, and I got to share those moments with 11 other incredible athletes and stand on the podium for the very first time. So that's a huge highlight because it's the first time it ever happened. And that's when you go, I want to do that again. I want to <laughs> feel that again. And we fast forward and change sports and end up in athletics. And Beijing was the first time I stood on a podium and having changed to an individual sport. It's a different experience, but still just as incredible to hear the song, see the flag rise. I wish I could bottle those yeah. feelings, right? <laughs> yeah. And sell them. Have you had role models who have influenced your life path along the way? I think we all would say people like, Terry Fox or Rick Hansen have influenced us in some way, shape, or form. I'm very lucky to be able to call Rick a friend over 30 years now of having him influence me and me support the foundation. Currently, I sit on his advisory council, and it's people like that who push through and who inspire others to do great things gives me a little bit of a pick-me-up. I know what you mean. I've never gotten over the fact that I saw Terry Fox while he was on his Marathon of Hope. And every year when the uh, Marathon of Hope comes up, I remember that and all those feelings come flooding back. For the past 20 years or so, you've been a public speaker speaking to high school students, sports groups, businesses. How do you use your experiences as a wheelchair athlete to inspire and motivate others? I think it really comes just down to storytelling and how people relate and the ability to share experiences and hopefully connect with people in the audience so that they can either see the hope, see the possibilities, and then in turn make changes in their lives to make things better or do something great. So I understand you had the opportunity to travel to Texas to speak to a group at NASA how cool was that? That was pretty incredible. I remember that speaking at NASA was uh, definitely a highlight at the time. I was with an organization called Smart Risk, and we did a program called Heroes, which was a big show with lights and sounds and a uh, big stage. It was, it was definitely a highlight. Can you share a story of a particularly meaningful interaction or response you might have had from someone in your audience? There's lots of them. I would say for the most part, when I'm done speaking, I typically have someone who is quite emotional and will come and share their own personal experience with me. I've had a lot of people cry on my shoulder. In the last number of years, I've suffered from cerebral spinal fluid leaks, which is a completely debilitating condition that impacts more people than you would 
think and is not visible. People don't see it. It's not like a broken leg or a physical disability where you use a wheelchair. It can happen to anyone, anytime. More frequently happens to people like women who are having epidurals when they're in childbirth, but you can have a spontaneous leak and it changes your life forever. So I spend a fair bit of time speaking with people who are suffering currently and helping support them in getting the help that they need and getting the surgical or intervention that they need to modify the symptoms. You've been a supporter of the Pacific Autism Family Network for many years as your son Kai is on the spectrum. What is Kai up to these days? Last time I saw you two together, he was casting his first vote in an election and you were all smiles. (laughs) Yeah, if you can believe it, he's 22 now. When I was first elected, he was just nine years old. He's six foot four and larger than life and doing amazing. He started his own gourmet popcorn company about two years ago launched it and is the official popcorn supplier at the Nanaimo Night Owls baseball games during the summer months. And then he does events and conferences and fundraisers for schools and things that keep him busy in the off season. And so he's doing great. Um, Yeah, can't complain. For the kid who I was told would never speak, never graduate, never drive, never live independently, he's far beyond what I ever would have expected. And I think A lot of that has to do with organizations like the Pacific Autism Family Network that ensures there are supports in place and continues to do research and find tips, tools, tricks to help support these young individuals on the spectrum. And he's had a good role model at home. I try. (laughs) Michelle, you had the opportunity to serve as Parksville Qualicum MLA from 2013 to 2020. Looking back on the experience, could you talk about the good and maybe the not-so-good aspects of being in provincial politics? Certainly, there's lots good. I can look around the community and know that I had an impact and that I used my voice to ensure that things happened in our community and that we got things put in place that would support our community. It's obviously a trying job. It's a 24-7 job. It's exhausting. The eight years went by fast. And I could say, I miss the people, I miss parts of the job, but I certainly don't miss things like social media and the negativity and the criticism. People get into politics, I believe, to make the world a better place and to listen to people and try to make the best decision based on the information they're given. And not everybody's going to agree with you 50-50% of the time, right? And it's hard because you're trying the best you can, but you can only do so much as an MLA too. What are you up to these days? What keeps you busy? So much. (laughs) Living my best life, I like to say. I'm serving on multiple boards, both national and provincial, and many advisory councils and committees. And they are definitely all keeping me very busy, whether it's the Canadian Paralympic Committee, Own the Podium, the Gitsan Economic Development Committee, the Rick Hansen Foundation Advisory Council, just the list goes on. And then, of course, I support Kai with his business and help him do what he needs to do to accomplish the goals of the business. Yeah, life is good. What message would you have for anyone facing adversity or obstacles in life? I would say that obstacles are just something that's meant to get around, something that stands in your way and you have to find a way to get around it and just keep trying. If it doesn't work the first time, try something different. Hopefully you'll find a path forward that you can live with and that makes things better for yourself. But never give up hope. Thanks for being with us today, Michelle. Thanks so much for having me. 
Michelle Stilwell recently inducted into the Canadian Disability Hall of Fame. That's this edition of PQ Beat. If you have comments or suggestions, you'll find our contact information on our website, pqbnews.com. Get fast access to breaking news by signing up now to Black Press Media's free newsletters and stay informed with all the latest news delivered directly to your inbox. You'll have access on any device so you never have to miss out again on the information you need to know.